0: Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, hello everyone. It's really great to be with you today. And uh, I trust you've had a great summer as we come to the close, as uh, schools will be getting back shortly. Um, I do trust you've had some time to be able to just relax and be a little refreshed. Over Arena Church, we have a little bit of a slower paced um, summer in terms of midweek activity, but I, I hope you've appreciated the uh, in-person services and our online service. And of course, we've been going through the series called Here Comes the Sun. I just love singing that song. It's one of my favorite Beatles songs. And in fact, I was checking it out recently, and uh, it's had nearly uh, nearly 700 million downloads on spotify but we're not talking about the sun as in the weather and the sunshine and we thank god for that but we're talking about here comes the sun son speaking of jesus and thanks to everybody who's played their part in preaching messages in all the locations and of course online it's my joy to conclude this series with this message and uh, i wonder if you're just turning your bibles to mark and chapter Fourteen, Mark in chapter 14. I want to read a few verses together. And of course, all the scr- uh, words, the verses will be on the screens. And if you don't have a Bible, please just reach out to us. Uh, make contact with us and we'll make sure that we send one to you. Now it reads from verse 1. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law was scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said. Ah, that's nice of them, isn't it? Or the people may riot. Verse 3. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly, to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you'll always have with you and you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. And she poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. And they were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Now, before I get into the text, and if you're new today, and we give you a very warm welcome, I trust that you'll get something from this message. And uh, I really want to speak to those who are new today. But I also want to encourage those who you're in faith, and you're part of Arena Church, and or you may be just trying to figure out what church you want to be part of. And I trust that this message really challenges every single one of us. Now, this Uh, gospel account in the book of Mark is a story that was told in three other gospels. In fact Jesus was anointed in all four gospels. Now my honest belief and this is for those who love to study the word and get a greater understanding is that this account in Mark 14 is the same account that we find in John 12 and also Matthew 26. I really believe that because the context of the anointing is very similar. And also, it was around the time of the Passover feast, which of course was the Jewish Independence Day. The other account is in Luke in chapter 7, and that seems to be very early on in Jesus' ministry, where this account, this story, is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. Now I say all that because in This story, we don't see the woman named. But in John, the Gospel of John in chapter 12, and you can turn there if you want, you'll notice that John writes that this woman was called Mary. Now it's my honest honest belief that this is Mary who was the uh, sister of Martha and also her brother was called Lazarus. And of course, Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. They were friends of his. And Mary did an amazing thing. Now, the sun appeared. The sun appeared on the earth at that time. And of course, Jesus revealed himself to many, many people as he did incredible miracles. But there were many who followed him. And there was a core group who were also called his disciples. But then there were also others that Jesus clearly drew in as friends. They were people who supported him. In the ministry, and I believe that Mary and Martha and Lazarus were such a family. Now, Mary asked a question, and this is what I want to just drive into for a moment. And she asked this question that most people do not ask. You see, Mary asked when Jesus appeared in that living room, She said, What can I do for him? What can I do for Jesus? You see, many ask a different question. They ask, what can he, what can Jesus do for me? Now, often we come to Jesus. In fact, not often, always. We come to Jesus like this. In fact, I came to Jesus asking, what can Jesus do for me? I didn't come asking, what can I do for him? You see, I was broken. I was messed up. I was in need of help. And I was asking, what can Jesus do for me? And you may be here today listening to me, listening to this message, asking the same question. And it's not a bad question to ask because Jesus wants to help you. But we move on as we develop a relationship and of course my journey in faith was what can Jesus do for me? But then once Jesus does the most amazing thing for us by saving us, by forgiving us, by giving us a purpose, by giving us a foundation to live our life from. When we begin to deepen our discipleship journey and developing and deepening that relationship, we start to ask this question, hopefully, what can I do? Do for him, see, Mary asked that question. I hope you're getting that. What can I do for the son? Here comes the son, but what can I do for him? Now, she clearly had in a possession, and we don't know how or why, whether there were a family of means, I don't know, but she had a very expensive jar of perfume. And I believe what she did was so important. In fact, Jesus said, it's so important what she did for me that this story will be told for generations, decades to come. He said, in fact, wherever the gospel is preached, may this, be, t- may this story testify to what Mary did for me. This is a very, very important story. But I know that Mary did a couple of things. First of all, Mary's breaking of the jar, I believe, was a show of her brokenness. Because it says in verse 3, she broke the jar. No, she didn't turn the cap, because there would have been some kind of instrument that was just a lid to just keep the perfume in. No, 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 it says she broke the jar. It didn't say she, they popped the cork and then put it back on. No, they, she, she came and she broke the jar. This was a sign of her brokenness. It's interesting that over the lockdown, I've been on a bit of a journey and, and just uh, helping um, uh, particularly a guy who was, came to the church and his wife very broken. They'll remain nameless for the time being, but they were very broken through a whole set of circumstances and they're in need of, 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 of putting back together and in, in need of Jesus. And thankfully, the, the church, we always want to introduce people to Jesus as Jesus and Jesus met this couple, met this man. He's now on a journey of faith and God is helping him. And, uh, but I want to tell you a story he was incredibly broken. And during lockdown, I would have Zoom meetings with him and just get on the journey. And I know he won't mind me saying, but often he would get up, come on the Zooms and all he would do was cry because of his brokenness. It's so messed up. But recently, this man found something that a lot of people are tending to do. You see, when we tend to break things, we tend to throw them away, cast them away. But actually, this man took this vase and took the broken pieces. And I don't know whether you can see this, but then begin to fuse in bits of material, gold material. And actually, something that was very broken has now been put together and is actually very, very attractive. And he sent a note to me and he said, This was basically my life that so many people would have discarded. But thanks to God and thanks to Arena and thanks to, 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 to the journey with me, his life is being put back together into something that's youthful, useful and something that's purposeful. And something that's attractive. And can I say, that's what Jesus wants to do with every one of us. And this is clearly what happened with Mary. Mary had perfume in the jar, but she broke the jar. And she knew in her brokenness that Jesus would welcome her. Because that was what Jesus came to earth to do. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You need to know today that if you are broken, he will always welcome the broken. You may say, why do you have such a confidence? Well, because I see how Jesus lived his life. And Jesus lived his life around brokenness. He didn't come for the well. He didn't didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick and the broken. So there were people who had broken bodies. Lame, disabled. There were lepers. They were unclean. And Jesus came to them and he healed them. There were people who were broken in their minds. In fact, there's one encounter that always j- draws me in the story of a man who was deranged in his mind, but he was more than mental health. He also had some, some, some demonic uh, activity in his, in his life that was causing him to harm himself. And it always gets me every time when I see people harming themselves. The brokenness of their lives. And by the way, if that's your story today, we want you to feel welcome at Arena Church online or in person, you're welcome. If you're needing help, you're welcome. If you haven't got it all together, you're welcome. And in this story, Jesus healed this man. And then a few verses later, it says of this man, where he was once naked and broken and bruised because he was harming himself, he was now dressed and he was in his right mind. Jesus welcomed brokenness. What about those who were loose living? It says of Jesus that he was a friend of sinners. (laughs) That tells me that he hung with those who were uh, of, of, of little reputation. He hung around with people who we would consider to be the outcasts of society. It actually records in the Bible that some would say of Jesus that he was friends of drunkards. He was friends of prostitutes. Now let me be clear. Jesus was not a drunkard and he didn't frequent prostitution. He was pure and clean and good and righteous and upright. But what he did, he entered the world of brokenness and they received him because they knew the love that he had for them. And also what about those who were relationally broken? The accounts where Jesus mixed with those particularly the woman at the well who'd been married a number of times and the man she was living with she wasn't married to. She'd had many, many men. You see, many men had touched her body but only one touched her soul and it was Jesus. Jesus entered the world of brokenness and Mary knew it. She knew as she broke the jar that Jesus would receive the broken pieces of her lives. Let me me tell you, Jesus says, come as you are. Here comes the son. He always says, come as you are. Not as you try to be. There are some people who try to get themselves smartened up. And by the way, there are, you may be on the, the, listening today and you've got wealth and great means. You've got a business. You've got houses. You've got a holiday uh, villa. You've got all the flash cars. You've got it all going on. But inside you're empty. I've come across so many people like this. Even you. Even you, Jesus welcomes you. Just come to him. Come as you are. Now Jesus will receive you as you are, but let me tell you, he loves you too much to leave you as you are. And that was the story of every encounter with Jesus. Jesus didn't leave them in the mess. He put their lives back together. He gave them a a solid foundation. He turned their life around. There was a 180 degrees turn. And that's what Jesus wants to do with all of us. And Mary brought the brokenness, and her brokenness became an offering that was a sweet-smelling perfume to the son. But secondly, she didn't just break the jar, but then she poured out her heart in gratitude and devotion. Some of the accounts of this says that she, she poured the, the oil upon his head. She poured it on his feet. She was so uh, extravagant in her in her gift to Jesus Now, according to generally accepted chronological account of the mystery of Jesus, which just means basically what was the order it came in, this anointing of Jesus happened sometime after Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. You see, I believe that this was connected with with Mary. She had seen her brother that she loved, who was dead in a tomb for three days. And Jesus came and raised him back to life. And she was so grateful. And her heart was full of devotion. And in that moment, I believe that she knew that she was not just before a good man, a prophet, a teacher. She was before the King of Kings. And she was before the Lord of Lords. She was before the Master, the Messiah, the Saviour Of the world. And in that moment I believed that she had been plotting. What can I do to show my thankfulness and my love and my worship to Jesus? Some people have tried to paint a picture of an unholy alliance that Jesus had with Mary. It's untrue. It's garbage. This was a pure love that she had for Jesus and that Jesus expressed to Mary. (laughs) Her gratitude And her devotion were unswervingly generous. One commentator says of this story that it was unique in its thoughtfulness. It was regal in its lavishness. And it was marvelous in its timeliness. I love that. She knew who he was. He was her saviour, her healer, her master, her messiah, her king. And she poured out The very best offering to Jesus. Now may we always offer our best to Jesus. At the end of... Our time together, I'm going to ask us to pray a prayer and I just want you to bring your life. But even as we go through this message, there are some people who've been Christians for a long time and you become tired in your faith, you become stale in your faith, you become even a bit stagnant in your faith. And this story is meant to just stir us again to give our best like Mary to the Son. To pour out the very best. Why is it that often we're always looking for the very least or the very last? But Mary gave of her very best, and we can express that in the way that we live our lives unto Jesus not just coming on Sundays but serving others, giving of our finance, giving of our time, being inconvenienced. Because you may say, Well, I'm, I'm my brother's not been raised from the dead like Mary, no, but you have. When I was thinking about this, I thought I'd been raised from the dead. The Bible says in Ephesians and chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, that we were all also dead. We were dead in our transgressions and sins. We all were dead. I was dead in my transgressions and sins. And the way that I used to live. But Jesus came and met with me and met with my brokenness and has put me back together. And therefore, I should be like Mary, offer my very best to the Saviour. But as I drove into this text a little bit more, I was really impacted by Jesus and what he said in response to many who were in the room. This incredible act of worship and love and extravagance and generosity, which is gobsmacking. But there was a response in the room that was not filled with love and gratitude. In fact, it was critical. It was mean. It was dark. And Jesus said three things. And I want to pick these three things up as we just bring this series to a close. Now, let's go back to the stories, shall we, in Mark 14. Because Mary had broken the jar. She poured it out. And then the room started. <laughs> and there were many in the room who were unhappy with what Mary did. And Jesus said this statement. Firstly, verse 6. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. He defended her extravagance. He defended her love. She had poured out the perfume upon Jesus And yet there were those who were critical, who had much to say. In fact, in another version of these verses, in the message version, it says this, verse 4, Some of the guests, it could even be some of the disciples, not just Judas. They became furious amongst themselves. That's criminal, a sheer waste. This perfume could have been sold for well over a year's, wages and handed out to the poor they were trying to be self-righteous had nothing to do with it and they swelled up in anger and they nearly burst with indignation over her notice the language they were furious they even called her a criminal they Said that she was wasteful. They accused her of not caring for the poor. And they swelled in anger. And they burst over with indignation. Oh my goodness. There was some tension in the room. Have you ever been anything like that? Oh my goodness. You walk in and you know something's been kicking off. It's sizzling. You could fry an egg on the heat in the room. (laughs) And this is what Jesus spoke into when he heard all this, this beautiful thing, and he says, leave her alone. Their reaction was impure and unholy and fleshly. Jesus was being prepared for this last act of love. He was days, moments later, he was going to be hung upon a cross. He knew what he was walking into, and she had prepared his body in readiness For this. Now, before we all get pious and say, Oh, I'm with you, Christian. I can't believe the reaction of the room. It's terrible. I began to ask myself, How many times have I reacted wrongly to others' devotion and love to Jesus, to the church? Some people say, Oh, they they worship too hard. They're a bit too extravagant, a bit too demonstrative for my liking. Oh, why are they so loud? Don't keep giving away all, all that you have. Keep it back for yourself. They're too generous. They serve too long. I've heard all kinds of stories where people have tried to discourage people in their devotion and their enthusiasm and their love for God. I honestly think that we need to be careful that we don't step into like some in the room and live out of our half heartedness. Because what it did in this moment, Mary exposed their half-heartedness by this incredible act of love. I want you to know, Jesus has got your back. Some of you, God is doing a new thing in your life. God is doing a new thing in your relationship. God is doing a new thing in your heart and love for God. Over this lockdown period, you've got more of God, not less of God. I want to encourage you to keep going for God. To keep drawing into God. To keep drawing from God. And let God be in in everything that you seek to do. And by the way, those who criticise you around you, God will defend you. Secondly... Jesus said about this, this account, verse 6, he then says, not just leave her alone, but he then says, she's done a beautiful thing to me. Now it's interesting that Jesus personalises this. He doesn't say he's done a beautiful thing for my father or a beautiful thing for his church or a beautiful thing, full stop. He says she has done a beautiful thing to me. This was, this was of great value and great worth to Jesus. And I was thinking about this and I thought, I want to receive this kind of commendation from Jesus where Jesus says, Christian has done a beautiful thing to me. Not just for me, but to me. In in essence, Jesus was saying, leave her alone. She has blessed me personally. She has thought of me. She has loved me in an extravagant way. People were trying to belittle her, bring her down demeaning of it, but Jesus knew that this was a beautiful thing now as I said a moment ago there are some always be some who will criticize you for your love and devotion to Jesus you're too much you're fanatic calm down calm down you're extreme I want to tell you I want to be all these things I'm more for Jesus I want people to know that I'm a Christ follower. I want people to know that I'm in love with Jesus. I want people to know that Jesus has done an amazing thing in my life. I want, Jesus, I want people to know that what Jesus has done for me, He can do for them. And I want to keep doing great things, beautiful things to Jesus. This perfume was of great value. It cost Mary and she was giving it all away. I wonder what we're prepared to give away. Or are we always trying to keep back? She gave away and it was a beautiful thing. And I want to tell you that every time we worship God extravagantly, it's worship. Every time I extravagantly tithe, I worship. Every time I give of my service for others, I worship. When I'm inconvenienced, but gladly serve. You've got it. I worship when I'm kind to the unkind. You've got it. We worship. This is all worship to God. And oftentimes those things that I've just mentioned cost us. What about bringing a sacrifice of praise when you've just lost a loved one? What about being inconvenienced when everything around you is in disarray? What about giving away that car, even though it's going to inconvenience you for a period of time? What about that sum of money that God's asking you to do? And you think, no, I'm going to keep that back for a rainy day. These are things that cost us. And these are the things that as we offer and release to God, they become beautiful worship to Jesus himself. I want to just point you, and you'll have to just look at it for yourself. In Acts chapter 10, there's a man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius. And Cornelius was a devout, God-fearing man. I'm not sure he'd had a personal encounter with Jesus yet. But it's interesting what it says. When the angel came to visit Cornelius, he said, Your prayers and gifts to the poor, Acts 10 verse 4, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. My the belief is that God, it was like a sweet aroma that was brought to God. Because it was extravagant and it cost him. I want to encourage this church in this season to not draw back. There are things that may be costly. We're not going to see the world touched and changed. We're not going to see God's kingdom come. We're not going to see this message come to your children and grandchildren and your family and friends. Unless we are prepared to pay the price, it will cost us. But as it costs us something and we offer it to God, it becomes beautiful in the sight of God. There's so much more I could say about this. But I want to encourage us to lean in to the cost of worshipping God. I've told you, salvation is free. But disciple will cost you everything you have. Thirdly, verse 8. It says, Jesus said, not only leave her alone. Not only she's done a beautiful thing for me. But then he says, she did what she caught Verse eight. She did what she could, and then he goes on to say, "Because she poured her perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial." You see, Jesus knew that he was about to be hung upon a cross. He knew the pain of this cross. He was fully God. he He was fully God, but he laid down his Godhead and became fully man. And he knew the pain and the torture of this as he carried the sins of the world upon his shoulders. And as he went to Calvary and he hung upon a cross, I have a feeling, I have a sense that this wonderful act of devotion and love from Mary carried him through. Carried him through. Because he said she did what she could and she prepared my body in readiness for my death, my burial and my resurrection. I honestly believe that she brought joy to Jesus as he faced the cross. And how did she do that? Well, she did what she could. I'll say it again. How many times do we just try and get by by just doing enough? Oh, just give God just a little bit. And I think we break his heart because he gave everything. And we keep back so much. I'll say it again, guys, most often in Western world, this would be true in most Western countries. The thing that we keep back is finance our possessions. We just believe they're ours. They're not. They're all gifts from God. And what we don't realize, if we would just freely release them, God will give us more. That's how He works. But let me tell you, in our possessions and finances and in our money, we cannot take it with us. So let's not just enable the church to get by. Let's just not enable, you know, the community work that we do just to have enough. Let's be extravagant in our offering. Let's be extravagant to our neighbours and our friends. And those who are unkind to us, let's be extravagant. I've took it on myself over these last few weeks because I was really challenged with the message that I spoke about being kind on the roads. And I've realised most people are unkind on the roads. They're discourteous. They're not respectful. They don't say thank you. But now, instead of me getting all blood pressure and worked up, I just say, God bless you. I just pour blessing upon them. Because I've realised that... Oftentimes, we, we just hold things back. I want to I be a man that just is forever releasing, not just to his church, not just to God, but also to the world. And she did what she got. She gave of her best. And it really did make the difference. Now, most of us, we're are for giving our best, but we often think to ourselves, well, it doesn't really make any difference. And I want to encourage you that it does. But as I draw it to a close, I just want to take you to verse 4. Because it says there, some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Come on, everybody with me. Just repeat those last few words. Why this waste of perfume? There's something that I do not like and I hate waste. I think it's from just having to be careful with my mom and dad growing up and how we've lived our life through ministry. I don't, excuse me, like waste. But here in this moment, this waste was good. In fact, it wasn't waste because it was poured out on Jesus. But there were some who were saying, this is such a waste. What a waste they were saying. And you may have said to yourself at times, my service is a waste of time. The money that I give away is a waste of time. The energy that I have towards others is a waste of time. But I want to encourage you in these closing moments of this series. Here comes the Son as we look at Mark chapter 14 and how Mary showed us how we should approach the Son, Jesus. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. Come on, get your Bibles. This is a great verse. He says and reads there together. It'll come on the screen. Read it with me where you are. With a loud voice. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself folly. Come on, shout that word, folly. To the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. I love this verse. It's telling us that nothing is wasted when we offer it to Jesus. Nothing, the work that we do, even with people who walk away from us, nothing is wasted. Think of all the people, think of all the resources, and you've thought it's been a waste. It hasn't been, it's been an offering to God, and it's worth something. And I want to encourage Arena Church. In this season, for us to continue to pour out love and devotion to Jesus. To know that our labour in the Lord is not in vain. Here comes the Son. We see Him as King, Messiah, Saviour, Healer, Friend. We've been encouraged We've been inspired over this series. But now let's take this one little message of application to our hearts. And may we too live like Mary. May we waste our lives on Jesus. He's worth it. That old him when I survey the wondrous cross, there's a line in there that it says, I want to give him my life, my soul, my all. Nothing withheld, nothing hidden, nothing in secret, given to Jesus the broken pieces of our lives, knowing that he will put us back together, he will pour in his Holy Spirit, He will set our course and fill us with purpose. And then He will encourage us to offer our lives extravagantly, pour it out upon Jesus. This is the application to every one of us as we see the Son. I wonder if you'd join with me in this moment of prayer I want to encourage people who don't yet know Jesus to come and offer the broken pieces of your life. Come on, do it with me today. Why don't you pray this prayer if that's you. You know you're broken. You know you're in need of a saviour. Why don't you just repeat these words after me. Say this prayer from your heart. Dear Jesus, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I'm in need of a saviour. Will you take the broken pieces of my life? the broken pieces of my past and my experiences and my relationships. And will you put me back together? Will you fill me with your love and your peace and your joy? I believe if you prayed that prayer, friend, then Jesus in this moment is drawing close to you. In fact, I pray for you now. Jesus, fill every person who's prayed that prayer. Every person that's reached out to you for salvation this morning. I pray, God, that you would touch them and you would meet them and you would help them and you would pour in your Holy Spirit into their lives. Even now, as I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Please, if you've prayed that prayer, click on the screen or alternatively, if you're watching this by another method, email the officers at Arena Church, let us know. Fill out a Connect card. Let us know that you have made this decision to follow Jesus. This is the first step in the discipleship journey. It's not the last step, it's the first step. And there are people who want to help you. But I wonder if I could just join with everybody who is from Arena Church, who's from a church background. Can we offer our lives once again afresh to Jesus? Like Mary, can we offer our lives... May we pour them out with love. Come on, join with me as I pray. Father, we thank you for the example of Mary. As she poured out the very best to you. She gave her the best. And I pray, Lord, that we will always give of our very best to you. I pray that we would offer our lives, everything about our lives, everything that we do in our lives, 24-7. Not just coming to church, but Lord, everything that we do, we'd offer it to you. And Lord, that you would cause our lives to be a sweet-smelling fragrance. Before heaven. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Amen. And Amen. And Amen. Guys it's great to see you all today. I look forward to catching you up. In one of our in person locations. They're all open. And they're starting to swell with numbers and we're grateful that God's helping us. We're still doing it very safely and securely. But I'd encourage you to come back if you feel you're able. For those who are online, we love you. And uh, we're grateful that you're still with us. And please maintain the discipline of gathering, even if it may be in your home. And as always, I want to let you know that I'm praying for you. I believe in you. And I love you. God bless you.